0: welcome to the french wedding podcast with your host naïm the only podcast in english about weddings in france great conversations tips and insights about your french wedding some wisdom before your big day and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in france only for your day to be the most amazing to remember
1: hello everyone and welcome to the french wedding podcast greetings from france this is the place we're recording this show I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show specially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it. This show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in France regarding the wedding industry but we also share funny stories, things to know and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding. Today I welcome Honorina Jomir, a talented hair and makeup artist based in Paris. She's been taking me through her history involving living in the US, jumping on a great opportunity in Paris, and then building her own brand from a one-person business through a team today. So without further delay, please welcome Honorina and the French Wedding Podcast. Honorina, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Naim, for having me today.
1: It's a real pleasure to have you. We've been scheduling this interview for a long time, but because of the situation, today we're here. So thank you for being here. Uh, We can start first with a little bit more about you. Tell us about your background and your story.
0: Sure. I'm happy to share. So uh, I've been living in Paris for over five years now. And before this, I was in the US for 11 years and I was actually born in Eastern Europe in Moldova. So um, I will tell you about my life in the States a little bit. So I graduated with a bachelor's degree in fine arts at the Maryland Institute College of Art. And I come from an artistic family. The arts were sort of my path all along, but I didn't know which direction they would take. And uh, when I was in college, I spent a lot of time doing makeup on the side as a side project and taking lessons and courses. I kind of became the go-to makeup artist on campus. And that led to me being really, really busy with um, makeup projects when I was still a student. That's sort of how I got into it in the first place.
1: Nice, nice, nice nice start. And (laughs) so after that, what happens? You choose the path straight away or you had adventures before?
0: Well, I did have a day job. So once I graduated college, I spent my time ironing fabrics in a warehouse and um, Mm -hmm. processing drapery and making pillowcases. And it was fun, but I felt like it was not creative enough. I was starting to get opportunities to work um, in makeup. So one day, somebody reached out and offered me a music video opportunity and in that moment, I just felt like I I really, really want to do this. This is going to be so much more rewarding creatively for me. So I took on that and I ended up quitting the job and just starting to create my network of um, professionals and starting to do more and more makeup.
1: Right. So when, when was that?
0: So this was over six years ago.
1: Uh, how did you end up in Paris?
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, actually, I, I've always been a go-getter and just always being involved and trying to do a lot and stay busy. So once I graduated college, I was doing makeup, you know, hustling, and um, right. there was <laughs> there was an opportunity to apply for a scholarship to study in Paris, um, given by the Powder Group, which is a makeup artist group. And I just jumped on it and I applied and I almost didn't submit my application because I was very overwhelmed that day. But I just said, okay, just power through one more hour, finish it up. And two months later, they gave me a call and they told me, you won, you're going to Paris. So it wow.
1: just—it
0: was kind of like a life-changing moment for me.
1: <laughs> so you're, yeah, I, I think I know that you're a, a go-getter, just by the, our conversations that we have previously, this mentality is inside of you since you live in the U.S. or even before you arrived?
0: Um, I think it comes from before. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm born in Eastern Europe and we have, you know, it's, it's a pretty poor country, Moldova, and uh, people are generally just more inclined to try and grasp every opportunity and work really hard to, you know, get places. And I think that those traits are really important when you're trying to achieve your dreams and achieve your goals, to really be open to opportunities and, um, you know, go places and meet people and connect. And so um, it definitely comes from my culture and growing up. um, But even in school, I remember I was quite competitive and I was always trying to win all the contests and, you know, all the things that teachers (laughs) kind of challenged us with. And um, they rewarded me for it. So I continued doing so.
1: So you win this scholarship in Paris. Next step, you're in the plane, I guess. And then (laughs) what's going on?
0: Yeah. So before the plane, there was like a month and a half of craziness with paperwork and documents. Getting to France was quite challenging in such a short amount of time. But I did get here. I made it. I didn't have a place to stay. So my first two weeks, I stayed with some relatives um, sleeping on the floor—it <laughs> was quite intense. I mean, it was very last minute um, for me when I found out, so I had no time to prepare. But I wanted to do the program in the fall and not in the spring because I wanted to be in that first round of students because it was a new program. I guess I should tell you about the program. So the program—yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the program was uh, makeup for TV and cinema for um, at the Makeup Forever Academy in Paris. And at the time, I was really hoping to work in TV and film. And so um, it was a six month program. And um, after my first two weeks, I ended up rooming up with one of my classmates and we became good friends. And um, uh, I was attending school every day, Monday to Friday, from nine to five, and sometimes even later. So a very intensive program, during which I not only perfected my skills that I already had, but I was exposed to the film world um, so much so that I realized it's probably not the industry I want to be in, but I can really appreciate it. It takes a special person to be in the film industry.
1: Do you mean like in terms of pressure or amount of work or?
0: Um, it's actually, it, it is a lot of work um, and it involves a level of focus, but not just for, you know, a few hours, but for very long days. And you you work For three to six months, um, every single day with basically no break. Um, And you have to really love being in that sort of environment. Um, Otherwise, you know, it it can uh, wear you out very quickly. And the thing is, I'm a person that really likes change. And in movies, you're always doing the same makeup for continuity purposes. So whereas in beauty and bridal and fashion, you're doing new things constantly and you're challenging your artistic eye and you're meeting new people. And I like that sort of pace much more for myself.
1: Okay, so then you realize that you had more mentality to switch more into the bridal artistic sides.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, um, I realized that I just was not patient enough to, um, to be involved on a project for, for six months. I like a more instant result. And I find that with, with, uh, my brides and with my clients in Paris, um, it's more of just, you know, we meet and we create this beautiful look and then we have the photos and it's a quicker process and it's more rewarding for me. And uh, and I get to meet more people and be involved in more projects. Where projects, whereas in film, you could be doing just one film per year, and that's all you're living and breathing. You know, and right. I just I'm a people person, and I love being around a lot of new people and making new connections. So for me, it works, and it is what I was doing before I moved here. I was freelancing for a makeup company in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was already loving that life. So it kind of made me realize that's what I wanted to continue doing.
1: Uh, Talking a little bit about the U.S., what are the main differences between here and the U.S. when it comes to hair and makeup?
0: Okay, Um, yeah. So in the U.S., I noticed that a lot of artists tend to do just hair or just makeup. And the reason for that is that the wedding parties tend to be larger. So if if you have uh, a makeup artist working on eight um, ladies, they can't actually do the hair and makeup. It just doesn't allow for that timing. And so um, usually two artists get hired or more if there's a larger party. Um, whereas here in France, the wedding parties are tech, um, tend to be smaller. Usually brides are interested in having one artist come and do both, both from a financial uh, perspective and also just not having to interact and exchange with two different people um, and just, you know, talking to one professional who's able to handle all of the workload. That's one of the main differences. And I would say I feel like the U.S. is very much very, you know, business oriented and artists tend to double and triple book their weekends and really work hard and and crank out those faces or, you know, those hairstyles. <laughs> I find that here it's um, the clients that are coming to France to get married are much more relaxed and they want a vacation and they want everything to be very tranquil on their day. And so that doesn't allow me to book a bunch of jobs in one day or in one weekend. It's a much more relaxed process. And so uh, my service has to cater to that and to those expectations.
1: You have a team. You're not only working on your own. Tell me a bit more about that.
0: Yes. Uh, So actually, you know, I mentioned smaller parties and When I started out, I was mainly working just on the bride or a bride and one or two guests. But um, eventually, more brides started contacting me, asking me if I can handle larger bridal parties. And because I do both hair and makeup, I cannot. So at this point, I thought, I need to find artists that can work in my style and that are trustworthy and that I can work with. And um, things just sort of happened. People started contacting me and I met some artists through other connections. And so um, we met, we talked, I saw them work. I told them that sometimes I can have some opportunities for them and they really enjoy working with me uh, because, you know, I I treat them well and, and like a family and I do try to give them a lot and not just you know have them be my assistant that's not the case they are mm-hmm. they're our second artist and they're there to take care of my bride's families and loved ones eventually that turned into now I send my artists um, to jobs without me being there so if I'm not available on a date and um, you're reaching out to me I have artists that can be available and still help you look beautiful and um And, you know, they're trustworthy. I've worked with them. I've made sure that they understand what my expectations are and what our clients want. So um, it's a really beautiful thing to grow from one person to to a small team. And it's an exciting project.
1: Talking about values, expectations, this sounds like you're building a brand.
0: Yeah, I am. I I think about that a lot.
1: (laughs) Is it it one of your... Plans?
0: So I've always thought of myself as a brand from the very beginning, um, and this really happened when I moved to Paris. I feel like my my niche and my market um, just happens to be very brand focused. So everyone I work with is very focused on their brand, and that forced me to look at myself and think, well, what do I represent, and what do I want to bring to people? And so I've been thinking about that even when I was a one person show you know, over time you start to think about these values. And as I'm growing, I think more and more about them. And I do want to bring something, you know, fresh and and something authentic and um, um, and unreal to our clients um, and a quality service. So certainly I think about the brand.
1: Well, it looks like you're definitely on your way because it looks like everything's going well for you. Tell me a bit more about the amount of time planning and preparation that goes into each wedding and especially the destination weddings.
0: Um, absolutely. Um, so I am the ultimate planner. <laughs> I I love, I thought to myself many times, I think I would probably be a good wedding planner if that's something I wanted to do. I don't because I have friends who do it and it's just so stressful and um, I can't imagine, but I know I'm very good at planning. I'm very good at keeping track of things, meeting deadlines. And so um, I really enjoy that aspect of it in what I do. Um, So I use those skills to make my bride's uh, day go smoothly and the whole process from the moment they contact me to the moment that they walk down the aisle, in terms of makeup and hair, I want that to be smooth and for them to feel relaxed and like, I've got it. You know, I'm I'm taking care of it. They don't have to worry about a thing. So um, what that means in terms of what I do to prepare is that I spend a lot of time communicating with them prior to the wedding day. So we exchange a lot of emails. I create a beauty schedule, which means basically if they need to be ready by a certain time, I will sit and go back and work backwards and decide what time we need to start. I will communicate with their other vendors like photographers and planners. And if they need the bride to be ready by a certain time, I'll make sure that the bride is set to that time. So it's a lot about time and just making sure everything falls into place and no one's running behind and nobody's stressed out on the day.
1: Right. So you're planning on top of the planner.
0: Sort of. Yeah. And I I don't know. It sort of just happened that way because sometimes brides don't have a planner and I feel like I need to give them direction and guidance. Otherwise, it's just going to be chaos. So and for destination weddings, there's more planning involved for me because usually I have to travel the day before I have to book a hotel or an Airbnb. I spend a couple of hours for each job, just planning all of those logistics, renting cars, seeing if there's any cabs available in the area, all of that. And if I'm bringing my team with me, then I have to book those things in for the team as well. So um, destination weddings, I do spend more time. Then there's also the packing. I have to pack more things when I'm um, traveling overnight and bring more luggage and um, a lot of logistics involved. So I would say the makeup and hair itself is probably 20%. Um, in those scenarios of what I'm doing.
1: Talking about the products that you use for the future brides listening, tell us a little bit more about your product selection. How do you create your kit? A little bit more about the reasons behind the choice you make.
0: I love that. I love that you're asking this uh, because I think, you know, people hear brand names and we are so bombarded by so many um, advertisements and um, a lot of times people think a product is really good just because they've heard the name and this is absolutely not the case most of the time. It's, it's marketing. And so um, I've spent a lot of years testing products, working with products. I've worked in different industries, in film, in fashion, in television, um, in theater even. And I know which products perform in what situations and what is going to give longevity, what's going to be the right pigment for different skin tones, and what is going to look like the kind of skin that that bride wants, um, perform over time. So that means uh, from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m., her skin's still going to look flawless. It's not going to get super oily. Um, If she cries, it's not going to run over her face. And and, you know, make her look like she has raccoon eyes. So um, all of these things are what I take into account when I'm adding products to my kit. I always look for high quality ingredients. I try to stay away from fragrances because some people are sensitive and this can trigger allergies and we don't want that on the wedding day. I also um, try to support brands that are developed by other makeup artists because when a makeup artist develops a brand, they're really thinking about Those things that I mentioned, which is a strong pigment, something that will give the right color payoff and that will read on camera and in person. And um, also something that's going to wear well, something that's going to look right on that person's skin. So some of the brands that I really enjoy um, that are artist-owned brands are Viseart, which is one of my favorites for eyeshadows. Their eyeshadows are incredible. Kat Cosmetics, they make an incredible setting powder, which I use on pretty much every client. And I also really enjoy ESOM Cosmetics. They have some beautiful waterproof pencils and their brushes are amazing. Of course, I also love some mainstream brands which have incredible products too, such as NARS, Hourglass, Becca Cosmetics, and so on. There's so many out there, but I guess my main my main thing from this um, that I want people to take away is that um, you have to trust your artist's choice in the products they use because you may have one product that works for you every day, but on the wedding day it's different. It's a sort of harmony between all of the products being used, and I want to give the best. Um, wearability and longevity and for it to look great in person and on camera and I'm taking all of that into account when I'm applying all the products on my bride's face
1: that's very accurate and know was <laughs> full of information I think the brides in there will will like it the future grooms they can be like me and just say yeah 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 that's all <laughs> sound great <laughs> Because well, we don't know anything about makeup.
0: It's funny because I do groom's makeup sometimes too. Um, just, yeah, tell just me so a bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of my brides will ask me, can you put a little makeup on him? And <laughs> I always say yes, because, you know, it's nice to give the guys a little bit of a pampering moment. And uh-huh. it's not the same. It's not as in-depth as a bride. It probably takes me 10 minutes or so. But it's mainly just, you know, making sure the skin is moisturized, making sure there's a nice, healthy glow. And... that they don't look dull or they don't look overly shiny if they have oilier skin, um, that their lips are nice and and smooth and, you know, not cracked. And um, sometimes we groom the brows, but these are all little things that, you know, when you put the bride and groom together, they look more polished together. So I do really like when the bride gets the groom involved in the makeup chair. It's really fun for me.
1: How's the groom when they, when you he hear that <laughs> the bride wants to put a little makeup on him?
0: It depends. It so depends. Um, some guys love it. They're just sitting there like taking it and enjoying it. And, other guys will just kind of like struggle and, and look weird. And then they look in the mirror and they're like, oh, I don't see it. And I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to see it. It's supposed to look like you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's guys fun. Guys will be guys. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, just going back on the destination wedding topic, mm-hmm. you are available where? If people want you anywhere in the world, Are you able to deliver or you're only in France or in Europe? What do you do?
0: Um, I don't limit. So I've been, uh, you know, so far I've been to Switzerland, to Morocco, um, England for, for jobs, but I'm happy to travel anywhere. The main thing is that I need to allot myself enough time. So that would mean two days before and two days after if it's a farther away destination. And so that means that I can't work in Paris. So you know my rates are going to reflect that when I'm booking travel to faraway destinations, but I'm happy to travel anywhere people need me to. And you know, if it's a larger party, of course I can bring a second artist if needed. Otherwise, we can hire a local artist. There are always options.
1: Perfect. About tips that you want to give to brides, what do you have in mind when choosing their artists and vendors in general? That's
0: that's a really good one. So I think um mainly when you're choosing your vendor team it's really important that you do your research so not just looking at one source like their website or their Instagram page but really digging a little deeper finding other people they've worked with you know finding their reputation are they someone that will show up on time are they a person that you know will disappear after you've paid them a retainer and you can't reach them this does happen yeah. and it has happened yeah. to previous brides of mine. So
1: sadly this <laughs> happens a lot, yes.
0: Unfortunately, you know, and and that's the thing. I, I make it a priority to stay in touch with my clients even after they've paid because that's giving them peace of mind. So finding people that are truly professional in their approach. Um, you know, email your vendors and email a few for each category and see how they respond, see how they approach you back and see how you feel about that, you know, because there is a difference in the level of professionalism and you will see that. And also, I would say, um, definitely look at their experience, but also their style and if it matches your aesthetic, you know, sometimes people think of budgets, and they don't really look at someone's work in depth. And, you know, you'll see that one vendor that stands out in the team that just their work is not up to par. And so I say, you know, make sure you know their style well, um, and that you've done your homework, and try to have a phone call or an in-depth conversation with your vendors, because that will give you an idea of how you feel about working with them. Um, and and you will have a sort of gut feeling or an instinct that tells you, mm, I'm not sure about this person or yes, this person is exactly who I want to work with. And I say definitely follow that feeling.
1: Following your guts and your feelings. That would be all for today from Marina. <laughs> Great. I think it's a good ending. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come with me today and have a talk. I uh, want to talk about your website. This is com. I will put it in the show notes. And I think I've heard somewhere that you're preparing something new. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yes. So um, I've been you know, in quarantine. We all have for a couple of months here in Paris and uh, I thought, how can I bring beauty and my services to more people in this time when people cannot travel here temporarily? And so I've been working on something really special, which is my online makeup lessons, and I just launched them a couple of days ago. So it's very new, very fresh, and I do have a glowing bride lesson, and I developed this one specifically for those brides who were affected by COVID, And whose weddings were maybe canceled, and now they have to do a wedding, you know, in their backyard or um, at their friend's house, and they don't have a makeup artist. So very good. Yeah, my hope is that I can help some brides out there, you know, achieve the look that they were hoping to, to achieve and um, give them some tips and tricks.
1: Perfect. And is there some way that they can reach you out uh, throughout your website to get this lesson?
0: Yeah. So the lessons they they can actually book directly on my page on my website, which is um, titled Online Lessons. And right now I have a ten percent discount for the first ten people that book, and you can use the code Let's Learn Makeup if you book, and you'll see all of the lessons on this page. And if you have any questions, you can email me on my contact page. I'm always on my computer and on my phone. (laughs) I'm very quick to respond. So if you have a question, you'll hear back from me within a day or so.
1: Perfect. Donorina, thank you so much. Do you have an ending word to say to anyone, to your brides?
0: Well, I will say, you know, if you're a bride whose wedding has been postponed, hang in there because everybody that you've hired is working really hard to make sure that you still have an amazing and memorable experience. And probably going to be even more incredible than it would have been so you know just trust in the process trust your vendors and be open and you're gonna have a great time no matter what
1: thank you again so very much and i'll see you later on arena
0: thank you naeem have a great day bye bye -bye.
1: Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. You can find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as my contact and my website. If you have any questions regarding your French wedding, I'm happy to help. Also, please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show. There's also a link for that that will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me. I always appreciate your support. Thank you again very much for your time and feedback. Wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world. I send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode. Bye-bye.